All right, DP, I'm ready when you are. Let's rock and roll. Let's roll. gentlemen welcome back to the dwi podcast my name is pc tunny i am your commissioner and the commissioner of the united states of the americas and i am joined as always by the other half of the world's greatest tag team never some people call him a scientist i just call him get me another drink please it's dpp I'm not your goddamn bartender <laughs> <laughs> i'm just as and lazy as you are Phrases like that mean when I go by DP or he comes by me, if you need something, you know where it is. Go fucking get it yourself. Don't ask. If it's there, just grab it. And let's bring in the third member of our triumph and trifecta of triangular podcasting. It's none other than the funky, phenomenal, and oh so fresh. He's halfway through his marathon of coverage. It's AJ Belaz. Yeah, I know for us right now, except for Kenny, of course, it's early in the morning, but I'm going to need that bartender soon. <laughs> spoken like a true Belaz. And yes, you heard right, folks. Surprise, surprise. We got the real legend here, the man from across the pond, my very good friend, Kenny Killa, back once again, as we do for all the biggest of spectacles. Kenny, I know you're excited to talk about what you saw from TakeOver, Stand and Deliver. I know you're excited You're for WrestleMania two nights. How you been? What you been up to, brother? Good to have you back. It's good to be back. The one man would have Instagram. Always happy to be back on the show. Um, yeah, man, I'm excited to talk things over. Shoot the breeze with you guys, as always. Uh, lots happened. It's, you know, it's usually a WrestleMania day, WrestleMania weekend, and now it looks like it's a WrestleMania week. So we have a lot to cover. Um, I'm good. Family's good. We're all good over here. Things are easing up. Um, and, yeah, it's uh, exciting times with all this wrestling, you know, all this wrestling ha- happening. So, yeah, man, it's all good. I have a quick question for you about something DP, AJ, and I already talked about. Just want to get a quick comment on you. But before that, why don't you plug DadCast and everything going on with that? Okay, so DadCast with Demandem, you can find us on YouTube. Um, we also have a show on Facebook Live every um, Wednesday uh, at uh, 9, is it 9 p.m.? Well, no, it was 8 p.m., sorry, um, GMT time. Um, so yeah, if you if you want to find out stuff around sharing experiences as a father, um, feel free to do that. You can find us on all the socials as at DadcastWTMD. You do a great job with that, Kenny. My question for you, wrestling wise, before we get in here, is real quick: What are your thoughts about Chris Jericho going on the Broken Skull sessions with Stone Cold Steve Austin? Greg Demarco put it put it like this: It's clear now that WWE and AEW are not even in the same business anymore. No, no, not at all. Um, I mean, I don't think Vince has ever really saw them as as um, any kind of rivals or anything like that. Um, I just think he sees them as another show that's come around, just like TNA did, and let's see what happens kind of thing. Obviously, they've got a bigger backer, um, but then again, Pandaco, you know, same kind of thing. So we'll just see what happens there. But I was excited. I thought it was a rib at first because it happened on the 1st of April, but... Um, yeah, man, as soon as I, as soon as I saw the trailer, I thought, what a good trailer, what a good way to kind of, you know, bring that, bring that, um, to the forefront. But it's, it's a bit, it's a bit of a coup, I reckon, in terms of having that before, um, obviously before WrestleMania, this was done weeks ago. And the fact that they've been able to hold this 
and put it out at WrestleMania. Amazing, amazing piece of work. Um, it could only benefit both, really, I reckon, in the long run. But, um, yeah, it's a good piece of work. Excellent perspective there, Kenny. DPP, let's let everybody know what's happening this week on the 269, 69, man, mm. edition of the DWI podcast. Well, well we're waiting. Well, it's the big show. Mania sheet. My ears. Before we talk about our, our thoughts. My earballs. Night one, which is apparently stand, and night two, which was apparently deliver, according to Cook in his gambling uh, picks segment uh, article. Check that out on thechairshot.com. And we're going to obviously run down WrestleMania. Maybe in between there we'll throw in our thoughts on the Hall of Fame. I think we all can't wait for people to be back because that's what makes that good. We're going to get the trivia to end the show, and we're just thrilled that Kenny Killa is back with us right here on the DWI podcast. So, DPP, do me that favor and ring the bell. Kenny, we've been messaging back and forth, and all you could talk about was how excited you were for Stand and Deliver. So why don't you kick us off here and just give us your overall thoughts on the first two days of actual wrestling action of wrestling uh, WrestleMania week? Oh, man. Um, TakeOver, you know, they always manage to pull it out of the bag. Um, no matter whether some of the shows are hit or miss, um, you know, um, which they usually aren't, but whether they are or not, they always pull it out of the bag with a TakeOver. I mean... Standard Deliver, is, it's, it's always been like that since they've had a takeover on WrestleMania week because it's literally, we're going to stand and deliver and, you know, main roster, you have to follow that. It's like having, it's like having um, uh, what's it called, Undertaker and Triple H and then uh, at WrestleMania and then trying to follow it in the main event. It's you just how, you know what I mean? It's like, how can you do that? Um, anyway, I think um, in, in regards to um, what they set their targets for, um, to get out of this is to be able to push some people and get them over and um, hope for the best. And I think that they've done a really, really good job, especially with Raquel Gonzalez. I mean, look at her um, body of work leading up to this point. I mean, she hasn't taken a loss, not really. She didn't get pinned for, um, you know, the, um, NXT, the WWE Women's Tag Titles. You know, she hasn't really taken a loss. Uh, the build for her has been so good. There was only one thing to do there. The same with Bronson Reed. The whole point of him getting built so strong. He beat LA Knight on, you know, LA Knight's just come in. He's managed to beat him um, and go all the way to facing Johnny Gargano. We look at it as a whole. He looked amazing in a loss, you know, um, and, and that's what you want. Um, and then Finn Balor, again, look at his body of work since he's been in. And I think it was only right to have Kyle O'Reilly and um, uh, Adam Cole to finish out both nights um, with that spectacle. I mean, really good show. um, Shows night one, really solid. Night two, solid again. And they both, I think they they flowed well together. And they both, um, you know, I think they both did a very good job. And uh, I feel sorry for main roster. How are you going to follow that? And I'll leave you with that. AJ, you you've done the coverage. You, I've seen your ratings. What what do you want to get a little more in depth on on anything that really stuck in your craw from those two days? Well, for me, I mean, like Kenny said, I don't think Mania is gonna match up to this really, in all honesty, because they stood their ground and they delivered two great shows. I don't care if that was a bad pun or not, but they really did do a great job. For me, though. Don't give me the thumbs down. (laughs) (laughs) For me, though, I like night one a little more. And the one thing I'm going to go in depth with was the Tommaso and Walter match, where I'm seeing a lot of people poo-poo it because of how it ended. Even though they brought that story full circle the entire match. I, I know you can go see my articles for it on thechairshot.com for both night one and night two. They're both up. Go go right now. Well, not now. Do it after the podcast. But I'll say it here verbally. The fact I believe that in you. people... I believe, I believe in our listeners. I believe you could listen to this and go over to thechairshot.com. I believe even after that, you could head on over to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash thechairshot and order yourself a chairshot t-shirt. It makes a great gift as well. I guarantee it. Gotta get all them cheap plugs in. <laughs> it's, like, it's like the men's warehouse guy. 
Yeah, somebody <laughs> walked up behind me and pulled, somebody. You're gonna like the way you look. Me. I guarantee it. Somebody walked up behind me and pulled a string, and that just came out. <laughs> <laughs> oh lord! But yeah, I see a lot of people poo-pooing the match because because Walter finished Tommaso with a chop, where it was like, oh, it was just a knife edge chop. Why did he beat him with that? They showed from the beginning of the match. And I know I said it in the article, but I'll say it here also verbally. They made sure that they put emphasis that Walter's chop is deadly as hell. He broke the wooden announce table frame. They had to emphasize that multiple Man. times. Did you, the see the precision, did you see the precision in which he did it? A perfect jagged edged cut from top to bottom. I mean, you know, if I'm in the back producing this, I don't show that. I just show it from the side. Once I seen that it was like set up to do that, I, okay, you lost me. Chuck Norris has some words for him, I think. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we, we all know that, you know, they pre-cut things to make sure everything. But th- that was the story where they made sure it was like, he perfectly chopped the wood. Jagged, who cares? But he chopped the wood, so be wary of the chop. And then when he finished it with it, and even sold that he doubled over when they did the Imperium bow and everything, he went, ow, shit, that hurt. Ow, that entire match just killed me. Out, no, no. Like that, I really liked that match beginning to end because, I mean, it didn't have to be flashy. It didn't have to have like a million spots to make it look good. It sold the fact that Walter is a damn scary dude. DP, while AJ is still trying to figure out how they're going to get that paint off of Bad Bunny's Bugatti, why don't you give us your initial thoughts on Takeover? It's a little soap and water, brother. I'll get it. I'll, uh, I believe I'll ex- that it's correct. I believe that's correct. Ring the bell. <laughs> I'll, I want to expand a little bit on the Walter thing too, because I had that was stuck in my mind a bit too with uh, everything I read and a lot of the the negative things about you know Walter and how you know they keep bringing up you know that he's been the champion for over two years and everything and people will complain you know well he's never defended the title he's only had like seven title defenses and I can get that like yeah there's probably an asterisk because of the whole COVID pandemic and that we didn't. You know, there wasn't as much wrestling going on for, for that Walter could do, you know, to defend the title. But I'll argue the fact that there shouldn't be that many title defenses either. You know, it gets watered down. When we have a pay-per-view every month and you're defending the title, it's not as it's not as important. It doesn't sound it doesn't make it as big of a spectacle. When you get a guy like this and you know, remember when we only had four or five pay-per-views a year? And it was like, man, when you finally get a WWE title defense, it was like, this is a big deal. I want to watch this. It's really important. And, hey, I want to finally see this guy lose, maybe lose the title because I don't know when he's going to defend it again. It's kind of the strategy I use with booking Kenny on this show. Why would I? I can't have him all the time. Then it's not as special. Champ, get in here. <laughs> um, no, I, yeah, I just wanted to touch on what... DP was saying it's exactly the same thing. Like he's a special attraction. He is someone who um, look at his body of work. Again, all of his matches are, are wicked. How you know you know what I mean? There's not a bad match of Walter. So when you get that and it's diluted, it's you know you don't look forward to it anymore. Um, but now you know you really look forward to his matches. He's coming off that Dragonoff match, and he's now had that match with Champa, and he's. His match with Rampage Brown um, is probably going to be messy as well. Like, you're right. Keep it simple. Keep it um, subtle. And so we can look forward to it. Well, and the same thing with, the with you know, they make the references to Brock Lesnar and he how often he defended the title. That's great. I think that was just, that's just fine, you know. And if you want to, you know, if you want to try and, I know it's, you know, not quote unquote real, but it's still physical. It's still going to take a toll on your body. And if you want to compare it to UFC or even to boxing, they don't defend the title every month. You know, the pay-per-views that they have, you know, sometimes the middleweight title is the is the main event, not the heavyweight every time. They take they have to take time off to recover, to heal, to train for their next fight. I like the idea that we don't defend the title every month and you know, it's a rare opportunity to see that match and to see him defend the title and it makes you more interested in actually wanting to watch that. And I don't think his move set needs to be too crazy either. Like, yeah, they they're promoting the fact that his chops are this very deadly. He's a big dude. He's also a heel and he doesn't need to have a big move set to be a heel. You just have to be a heel. So I'm all for Walter. I thought that match was awesome. And 
the big the best thing I saw out of him was they sold the hell out of he sold the hell out of his wrist and arm being hurt for what Champa did. And you watch that entire match, how he sold it every single time. Even going for pinfalls, he'd pull that arm away like, ah oh, fuck, I can't you know, I can't hook the leg with that arm because my arm hurts. I you know, I thought it was an amazing match. I enjoyed that match. I thought it was a very solid match. That did that injured arm did disappear in the last two minutes of the match, unfortunately, which I would have liked to have seen stick around. I mean, honestly, I was talking over with some of the guys in the Bandwagon Nerds thread, and make sure you're listening to Bandwagon Nerds every Monday afternoon on Chairshot Radio Network. But yeah, I I thought it was a solid takeover. I didn't think it was anything special. I thought there was three really good matches and then I think, you know, like a half a step behind really good was Ciampa and Walter. Maybe I was expecting more. I wouldn't say it was a bad match and everything else was just kind of in the middle. EO and Raquel did a great job of closing night one. Santos and 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 Devlin, what a freaking ladder match. That was excellent. That's my match of the weekend so far. I thought they did a great job telling the story. I thought they hit their spots really well. I mean, I just enjoyed the hell out of that match. And I thought it had a really good finish as well. Um, and and then, obviously, the the, the, the end of night two between uh, Cole and, and O'Reilly. And it's interesting because it definitely seems like we're going to get um, EO up on the main roster. <laughs> that was a cat. EO up on the main roster. Um, do, do you see Adam Cole moving anytime soon? It's got new music. Oh, man. It's, it's, that's an interesting one because Adam Cole um, really should have been up a while ago. Um, I'm glad that he wasn't because he needed to finish out some stuff. They needed to break up the Undisputed Era. Uh, and they needed to build, build Kyle. There's no doubt in my mind that they were ready to ask him to go up. And, you know, they probably thought, actually, let's get... Let's get Kyle over um, and, you know, then then kind of go up. So he could go up. Um, it needs uh, a lot of fresh eyes um, on, you know, main roster at the moment. Definitely. Um, we need a lot of a lot more fresh stuff. That's why it wouldn't surprise me if he goes up, if Balor goes up uh, onto SmackDown, um, especially if um, Cesaro comes out of Mania looking really good and freshens up that roster a bit more as well. And EO, if EO goes up as well, I mean, you know what seemed to happen. You have one, uh, someone coming from the Rising Sun, and once one goes up, someone else comes in. Saray's um, um, there. So, again, another amazing talent. <sighs> NXT's roster, man. Jeez. That's all I could say. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. I think I think I'm in the same boat there. I think they could definitely at this point move Adam Cole up if they wanted to because of the the match that they just had and you know the elevation they just gave to Kyle O'Reilly. He could stick around to do a couple more things, um, but I, I kind of at this point it could be at this point you know just cut it off and you're good to go. You know, um, and he could go. You know, O'Reilly could feud with Roderick Strong a bit. They don't really need Cole in there anymore. And Io Shirai moving up, I think, is I think that's what they're planning to do. It it seems like the right time. I you know what I noticed in that match a little bit is she could be a really good heel. You know she did some heel tendencies things there. She you know her I you know trying to use being outsmarting and using her brain and pointing to her brain to the crowd. It was like man, those are kind of heel tactics a little bit. You know, so it's like I could see them doing a lot of things with her. Although her moveset being a more of a high flyer is is more towards a baby face, so it'd be tough to see how they do that. But you know they got a lot of options, I think there. So I, I'd love to see EO move up. I'd love to see Finn move back up, and obviously I'd love to see Adam Cole baby move up. Yeah, I definitely think that EO and maybe Finn. I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure if Finn wants to go back up yet or not. But EO's definitely going to move up after Mania weekend. Finn might, but for me with Adam Cole, I want him to move up. But since they sold the end of the match where he actually needed to get medical assistance and stretchered out, I want them to play that up like Kyle O'Reilly beat the ever-living hell out of him. Adam Cole's going to rest a little bit, make sure he's fine, he's, he's 100%. And then probably around like... I don't know, say SummerSlam, he challenges for like an IC title or, or something, pops up and it's like, yeah, I'm that guy. 
I'm going for your title. And then that's how he moves up to the main roster, where it's like he's the cocky asshole that he is. Because, you know, when it comes with the name Adam and cocky ass- Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, what, what was being said? Listen, Vince can send him off for any all the summer vacations he wants, but he's not going to grow two or three inches over the summer. So he's probably not going to get booked that well on the main roster. If Adam Cole was six feet three inches tall, he might possibly be the greatest superstar in WWE history, but he's not. He's not even close. <laughs> he's not even close to as big as Finn Balor. And Finn Balor is probably the smallest guy that's ever gotten pushed that big. Rey Mysterio is a completely different story, but that's just my opinion, man. I'm not very high on Karrion Cross either. I thought that that match was poor. I don't really see how he's this big. Was he bigger before he got hurt? Because he didn't look that special to me over the, uh, this week. Uh, he was, um, before he got hurt, the thing is, he's got a killer entrance. Um, and he he was doing all right. Um, and then the thing that kind of, I suppose, turned it for everyone was the match with Keith Lee where he actually won the title. Their styles didn't mesh well together. Um, and that was a bit of a spin. Before that, he was just murdering people. Um, he was literally just murdering people, and it, it made him look strong, and that Sayuta Superlex looked strong. But since he's come back, he hasn't looked strong. He's, he's changed his finish to this, you know, forearm thing, which isn't like the, um, the, the finish that Osprey does. You know, that's a finish. Like, doing it the other way, it looks like that hurts. But the way he does it, it just looks like a, a normal forearm. So, yeah, I'm with you, Um Sad to say, my my my, you know my um, yeah, my thoughts on him has, has changed. Any other thoughts from you guys before we switch on over to the WrestleMania side? Uh, a very solid takeover. Go ahead, can you jump back in there? Uh, oh yeah, I was just gonna say, shout out to MSK man. Um, to think they've just come in. All right, we we know obviously when they were in Impact, they were really good, good on the mic, good in the ring. I thought it was a coup when Triple H managed to get them. Um, and he's looks like they've just allowed them to be them, you know, with a WWE spin on it or NXT spin on it. And man, have they just taken the ball and just ran with it where the tags, the tags in NXT were getting really stale and to inject them into that. Now bring up grizzled young vets from, um, from NXT UK who they are solid workers, especially Zach Gibson. Like they're really solid workers, have them in and have um, Legado Fantasma as well. Man, they've done a really good job in repackaging that tag division. What a match that was. I really loved that match. I thought it was amazing. And the finish and the storytelling and the way to get Legado El Fantasma out of that match as well with the burning hammers and stuff. It was just a really, really good match. And well done to those guys, man. I got two shout-outs. One to Tommaso Ciampa for the two minutes of clotheslines that he put through, uh, that is an endurance, man. And if you watched it on USA, they went to picture-in-picture picture right about the time he started doing the clotheslines, and he almost made it through the entire commercial set doing just running back and forth, giving those clotheslines. I was like, man, they couldn't have given him, like, if he would have ran two more runs, he would have made it through the commercial set. Like, that's that's some endurance, man. Fuck that. That's crazy. Uh, and then um, just, point, just tonight one, necessar- more necessarily, is... Like, just the way they put out the match styles and the story that they tell in each match. Look at NXT and how they do that is is crazy. Each match was different and unique. You know, you had Dunn and Kushida doing, like, more of a technical match. Then you had, you know, the gauntlet match. You had a more high-flying match. You had a physical match. You had, like, each match had a different story and a different way they did it. And that's that's awesome. And I think that's really cool and something that we don't get to see a lot on pay-per-views or big events where everything usually is just like the same match every single time. This Each one of these was different in its own way, and I thought that was awesome. Yeah, I completely agree with DP here, where, you know, you had the physical spectacle with the technical wrestling, the powerhouse, the bruising, everything in night one, and then, all right, that might not be your cup of tea. So let's move over to night two, where... Pretty much every match except for Balor and Cross was a high-flying match. Where, you know, Reed even showed that he had some flight into him facing off against Gargano. He did a... He, Big Boy did a suicide dive in a moonsault. Bam Bam would be proud. <laughs> <laughs> so, night one, if you like more bruising and beat up, 
go watch that. Night 2, if you like more of the high flying, go watch that. Both nights were spectacular. There you go, folks. All right, we're going to take a very brief break, and then we're going to come back and tell you all about our thoughts on this weekend's WrestleMania 37. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. biggest star in the wwe it's not roman reigns it's not bobby lashley it's not even vince mcmahon it's bad bunny y'all bringing in his 3.6 million dollar bugatti getting that thing all painted up suffering for the business paying his dues bad bunny in the house people all right in all seriousness gentlemen uh, i am actually looking forward to it i know it's a tag team match now we'll start there john morrison finally cleared to wrestle um what do you guys think about the celebrities what do you think about bad bunny the run-up with the miz and what do you think about uh sammy zane and logan paul i think it's all right uh you know they they always usually have a celebrity. I'm glad Bad Bunny is actually a big wrestling fan and, you know, wants to do this and is invested in it and has the passion and is actually, well, from what I could tell, looking for working to actually do this and make it good. So I'm, I'm excited to see what he can actually bring. I'm glad they made it a tag match because I think it should have been the whole time, but I get it. You know, if, if Morrison couldn't have gone, you know, they had to have a different way to go. But I, I like that because it gives – Bad Bunny a little bit of ease where he doesn't have to be in the ring the entire time. So I'm I'm enjoying it. I kind of I've been liking the whole Bad Bunny thing in in a sense. I like that they're building him up. The last the go home show it made he almost started to feel like the heel in this because he was bitching about his ride and uh, that promo went on a little too long and everything where it, it didn't really click for me. But I do like the fact that he's gotten involved and he's having fun with it. And that's a lot more than you can ask for a lot of these celebrities who come in. So I'm, I'm all for it. I think it's going to be fun. Yeah, I mean, the fact that it's a tag team match puts a lot of heat away from Bad Bunny, maybe not looking good in the ring or anything like that. But he's been working. He's been actually doing stuff. He's been making sure that, you know, he knows how to bump. He knows how to wrestle. He can go between the ropes and do whatever he needs to do. So I like the fact that you have Bad Bunny and The Miz. They can go off with like characters. They can do their own thing. And then Morrison and Priest can bring like the more high-flying wrestling, beat-down, whatnot style that they would have. So I also will give the biggest shout-out to Bad Bunny, bringing out that nice multi-million dollar car out because that is that is bold and you have a lot of faith with what you're working with because you don't know if that car would have gotten scratched, beaten up, dented up. I don't even care if it's like an off color of paint because someone accidentally touched it wrong. You have a lot of faith bringing that out on a physical live show like wrestling. Well, it's funny you say that because, you know, there's a lot of things that people are doing now because there's no fans. <laughs> you know what I mean? They feel a lot more braver to do. Um, but I, I, yeah, I definitely agree with you guys that it's been a good touch to have um, Bad Bunny in there. I think you've got to look at it from a whole, you know, they want some kind of celebrity input. They want to also hit that, you know, um, Latin American market as well. He is huge in that market. So um, he's, he's young as well. So it's like modern. Um, also, they have Damien Priest to get over. Um, and then you need someone who's going to be able to take this and run with it and who better than the Miz and Mo like and Morrison like you know what I mean you know they're go they're solid hands they're going to be able to protect Bad Bunny and the fact that Bad Bunny actually loves wrestling and he's taken the time to go and take bumps and things like that you know you have to appreciate that 
Um, and I think it's definitely going to be a win for all of them, a business win, um, a win for, for Damian Priest to get over, a, a win for the Miz again for cementing his loyalty to, to, to his craft in terms of, you know, working with the WWE and being someone that they can always call upon. It's a win for everyone, I think. And, um, yeah, I'm very, even though it's like a, you know, a, a comedy side of, of stuff, you, you always need that. And I think, uh, you have the right kind of, um, ingredients to, to do that. So yeah, well done to them, man. All right, a little bit of a, a lightning around the horn here with you guys. Who's going to make a bigger impact between Omos and Braun Strowman? Kenny, we'll start right back with you and send it back around the horn. Oh, um, well, Braun, because he's in with Shane, so they're going to do some madness. Um, Omos, I... I think I think it's a bit too soon for him. Obviously, again, you're in there with with AJ and the New Day. Like, who else do you want to be able to protect them? So, if they do it right, you know, he can, you know, can he can get over with his size and stuff like that. But I just, I think it's just a bit too soon for him. And you know, again, if you look at, you know, Braun Strowman as an example, I suppose, where he made no real appearances in NXT on TV, got called straight up, you know, was in the Rosebuds and then they kind of, you know, managed to kind of get him over. So maybe they could do it, but only time will tell. Is WrestleMania the launch pad to kind of do that? I don't think so. Uh, Strowman makes the impact for me. Nearly killing Shane. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I think that's actually going to happen. It's been a long time since someone gotten thrown through a cage wall. Uh, So I think that's going to happen this time. You know, at some point, somehow Shane's going to just destroy himself, but I think a short opportunity to see what almost has and what he can do is going to be really good. Like you said, Kenny, he's, he's going to do probably little things and it's a tough place to do it. WrestleMania to kind of be your first, you know, match on, on television or pay-per-view or whatever. I think he's going to be very short lived in with what he does in the ring. Kind of like, uh, you know, like Andre, the giant when he was, you know, at the end of his career, when he was tag teaming with Haku or something where he, he just comes in, do his couple big moves, and then you know gets out, and the other guy does all the work. You know, almost will show off a little bit of the talent that he has and what's coming, but won't do too much in this tag match. I I, I want to say he's going to make the biggest impact, but I, I think that he's going to be limited. So I, I'll say Braun Strowman as well is going to come out and impact wise, and what he's going to do in that steel cage match will probably be a lot bigger um, than what almost is going to end up doing. So I'll I'll take Strowman as well. For me, it's very 50-50, because like we already said, AJ is also with Omos here. They're facing off against the New Day, so you know that the New Day will make Omos look like a million dollars. And, you know, Omos can just do one choke slam, and then Kofi's going to sell like it's The Rock taking a Stone Cold Stunner. Or even Xavier. But the fact that they made Strowman versus Shane a steel cage match is what's really selling it for me for Strowman to actually go up and make this impact where, you know, we, we, we all know Shane McMahon, the guy who likes to jump off of really, really tall things, maybe do a, a shooting star or an elbow drop or who, who knows? Cause it's Shane McMahon. I swear to God, he, he got his father's craziness in the gene pool. But I, I do firmly believe that Strowman here barely edges out with the, the impact factor for mania. All right, since I am on a time crunch today and I want to make sure we get the trivia, I'm not going to go over the tag team turmoil match. Yes, Cesaro is going to swing Seth Rollins around, and Seth Rollins is going to have some really cool gear on. I would imagine it's going to be dripping, whatever the kids say these days. Wait for a pause for laughter. Okay, Sasha versus Bianca, Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre. I definitely think they close the show with the ladies and they open the show with the men's championship. Let's start with AJ and go back around the other way. Do both titles change hands night one? Uh, only one, and I'm going to say the SmackDown women's title is going to change hands for night one. Where, you know, Bianca might be a little newer, but how many people have dethroned the boss when the boss is, well, the boss? So that that would give a big bump and a nice little good job to Bianca there. But I think, Lashley, you have something going right now. You can make it run. Hopefully not with her, with 
Baron Corbin being in the Hurt Business. Hopefully this is all just a ruse for Cedric and Shelton to actually come out and help him because not part of the Hurt Business, he can be an asshole and not have Corbin. That's just my only hope for that match. Just don't involve Corbin. I think I think you hit it on the head kind of PC where it depend I think it depends on who starts and ends the show. If it like you said if it's the men's championship that starts it and the women's championship that ends it, whoever ends it is where the title change is going to happen. Um I I kind of believe that Lashley and Drew McIntyre are going to be the one that close the show and I'll say McIntyre ends up winning the title so he gets his title moment even though I want Lashley to hold on to the title. I think Sasha Banks is going to end up holding it. I think I I'd love to see Bianca Belair get that moment as well but Sasha Banks kind of also needs a win to, to because she always loses title matches so I'll say Banks holds on Drew McIntyre uh, wins the title to close the show uh yeah it's gonna be a tough one here um I would have said that I would have almost guaranteed that Lashley would have won the title would have kept the title if he still had the hurt business for the life of me I don't understand why they broke them up it just it's just the most silliest thing um but at the same time like yeah I, I because they're not with the hurt business you know he's not with the hurt business anymore I could see them giving um you know uh, Drew his time and with the fans and stuff just to gauge how over he actually is um with Bianca I would love for Bianca to, to to win. They need to build another woman up. They've brought in Rhea. Rhea's done the the the, the best, I suppose, in her body of work across NXT and WWE over that time, where she can just come in and face Asuka. You know what I mean? But um, with Bianca, I think that it would be amazing if she won. But I think maybe Sasha holding it a little bit longer. Bianca doing a bit more of a chase with a better story this time around because the story that they got involved in with um what's his name Cirque du Soleil running around going on mad um Reginald, being involved Reggie. Reginald it's just the most I don't it's not the right build for this it's not the right not build for for Bianca to win the title it needs a better um, more vicious kind of build and I think that with Sasha holding the title and really being the boss in a real big heelish way for them to for them Bianca to win it would be best so I would say Drew winning um, and Sasha retaining. Okay. Okay. Well, Naya would say you don't talk about her Reginald like that, but that's between you and Naya and, and you know, her whole. So anyway, let's get into night two. DP and AJ and I have already talked about this. I just want your brief thoughts, Kenny, on Pizza the Hut. Um, I mean, the, the brand new fiend. Simple. I hate it. Awesome. I hate it. Let's move on. I hate, I hate, I hate, hate it. it. I, hate, I hate it. Thank you, DP. I hate it. I can't stand it. Anytime it's on the TV, I just turn it off. Just can't. I just can't stomach it. What am I watching? Like, what am I watching? Right. Enough said. Enough said. Let's change the subject here. Uh, we got Riddle versus Sheamus. I think that's going to be a solid match. We know Sami Zayn's been doing excellent heel work here with Logan Paul and, and Jake Paul coming in and everything else. Let's get to the two title, big title matches, though, because I want to spend a little bit of time on that before we get to trivia. Uh, Rhea Ripley, is it her time now? I mean, this is the tallest five foot eight woman I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> She's 5'8". Anyway, she's very talented. I'm just, hey, I shoot on AEW all the time. I can crack some jokes for WrestleMania week. Uh, AJ, go ahead. Follow that. What do you think? Rhea Ripley, her time? Yeah, I have to stand next to Rhea Ripley just to see because I'm 5'8". Um, <laughs> I, I think this is her time. I think I think she's ready for Asuka. They, they throw that freaking rocket right to her back and just shoot for the moon. Because, you know, I'm not saying Asuka's bad. Everyone loves Asuka. I love Asuka. But after a while, you need to, you know, you, you got the punch bowl. You, you pour a little bit of rum, maybe, like, you know, spice things up a little bit here. Maybe a little bit of vodka. And then, hey, it tastes better. <laughs> I think you need to spice things up a little bit. I think you need to have a fresh face. I think you need to have Rhea Ripley somehow, some way dethrone the Empress. It's a it's a tough one because obviously this was slotted for Charlotte until 
you know, some certain things happened here and they had to kind of drop Rhea Ripley in uh, more last minute. But I like the idea of Ripley winning this thing because they can go to Ripley and Charlotte. And there's, you know, there's some history there, obviously, with the NXT title and last year's WrestleMania. More than there would be for Charlotte versus Asuka, I think. So I, I like that better. I could see Asuka finally getting dethroned. And if EO's coming up, I would, as much as I love Asuka and singles and EO's and singles, for they need some women's tag teams. And EO and Asuka as a tag team could be pretty fun, I think. And have some more women's tag teams. If they're actually going to try and do a tag team division, why not give it a shot, eh? So I'll take Rhea Ripley to win it and see where they go. Because I like I like Ripley and Charlotte going, you know, through the summer, you know, battling out for the title. Yeah, I like that too, DP. I really do like that because, um, like you said, the history is there. Um, and, you know, adding EO to the Raw roster is needed. The Raw women's roster is depleted like literally depleted um so it would be nice to have eo up there imagine having Rhea, eo charlotte asuka and then you've got becky coming back Pfft, that's just madness so um that would be amazing um i think Rhea, it's it's different to like uh you know when Paige won the title when she just came up and just won the title straight away it's different because we've seen Rhea on both, you know, on um, main roster and NXT and stuff. She can, you know, she can come up, she can win. She was on WrestleMania before. I think her winning will make a bigger statement for that division on Raw um, than her not winning. Asuka's, I have to give a shout out to Asuka. She's done amazing holding the fort, um, as, as always, a, a real professional. Um, and yeah, man, um, I only got good things to say about Asuka. Rhea to take it down. Here's my take. Every single title at WrestleMania will change hands until we get to the final until we get to the final match of WrestleMania. Roman Reigns is going to be the only one walking in WrestleMania as a champion and walking out WrestleMania as a champion. Just what do you think about that, Kenny? You're just talking DP? heavyweight titles huh? and mid-carders, too. I said every single every. title. He All said right. every. I'm just making sure here. Every. Every, <laughs> that's a shout. That is a that is a shout. It's never been done, I believe, on a WrestleMania before. But that is definitely a shout. And it's a good shout, and it would make it more and in, interesting. Um, so you're saying that Reigns retains. Um, I, I like mean, it. It, it makes. I like it, it better makes, when you say it. <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense, but um, yeah, let's just be interesting to see what happens there, man. For for a Reigns, what happens in the, the 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 body of the match for Reigns to retain? What do you well? What do you got going on? Let's go around the horn. What do you guys see happening here? This is this, this is the show. This is the match that definitely closes both night two. Kenny, you're muted. I mean, yeah, with with, with without a doubt that this is the closer for night two. But you're on, you're on mute, Kenny. Yes, you were muted, Kenny. <laughs> and muted again. <laughs> <laughs> Back to mute. Why'd you hit it twice? There he is. I pressed it, I pressed it twice. I pressed it twice. It's safer than ever. When I got when I got my my kids spitting bars in Korean, like they love they love BTS. So that's that's oh, what they go. do all day, every day. Nice. <laughs> uh, um, sorry, AJ. Carry on. Uh, no, it's it's all good. But this is definitely the match that closes. Night two, without a doubt. This has been... I'm not saying the the only thing that got built up for the Mania card in general, but this has been the most solid match that got built up from WrestleMania, in my opinion. I personally don't like the fact that they're just like, yeah, here's Daniel Bryan again for, like, I don't know how many times that he's just inserted himself into a triple threat match. But... I'm still taken aback that Tony said that there's going to be seven title changes this weekend. Starting with tonight, starting or yes, last night with with SmackDown Wrestle or WrestleMania SmackDown. I don't know why I can't just be SmackDown, but whatever. It's it's three nights of Smack. I mean WrestleMania. Um, but look for I think what uh, Mysterio and his son I think are in that Fatal Four Way Tag Team Match. Yep. There you go. So either I sound like a, I sound really smart or stupid as you listen to this. Probably a little bit of both. DP, what were you going to say? Go ahead. 
No, I I, I agree with AJ and and how Daniel Bryan is is almost seems like the guy who just weasels his way into the main event of WrestleManias at this point, and it's kind of like, eh, you know, I don't, I I like Daniel Bryan. I want him to be in title matches. Don't get me wrong, um, but it just it was just odd that this whole buildup was supposed to be Reigns versus Edge, and everybody's feeling like Daniel Bryan's just getting thrown in here so that he can take the pinfall, which I don't know if that's maybe 100% true, because I don't see why Edge would have any problem doing the job to Roman Reigns. I, I just don't see that being a problem. And I know, Ed, you know, Edge being Edge, he would definitely 100% do that. So I'm torn in this match, too, because I like the idea of Roman Reigns hanging on to this title. I think everything that Roman Reigns has been doing since he came back has been phenomenal and just been the best thing going in WWE right now. Edge coming back is a great story, and you know, obviously his redemption story would be winning back the title he never lost at WrestleMania to close out WrestleMania. That's the big thing. That's the big moment. And I think we're going to get it. I don't know if Edge would be the person to say, like, I this has to happen because I'm Edge and I blah, blah, blah. You know, me, big Edge, I'm a superstar. I think he would do the job. I think he would. And I kind of hope he does. But I feel like we're going to get Edge winning the title so he can get that redemption story and then lose it back to Roman Reigns shortly thereafter, maybe after a little bit of summer back and forth. But I, I don't want, I honestly don't want it to happen. Cause, and I love edge edge is one of my favorites and I think he's going to win it. Kenny, give us our last thoughts here on the actual main event of WrestleMania 37. Uh, yeah, DP said some really good stuff there. Um, just want to kind of echo some of that stuff. Um, I think more around the reason why Daniel Bryan's involved in this is because of the, the I suppose, the, the 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 psychology of the match and possibly that it might, you know, Vince probably doesn't like the edge reigns together, whether it's good enough or he felt that the body of the match would be good enough for a WrestleMania main event and having Bryan in there would help that. Um, but... I see what you mean about Daniel Bryan being inserted. It is a bit of a, you know, a thing that he's been doing. Um, it's funny enough, both Edge and um, Daniel Bryan are on creative. So they've managed to book themselves into a main event of WrestleMania. <laughs> um, but I think um, what will happen, this is my theory, Edge wins, gets the big hoo-ha, um, and then uh, you will see Reigns get that back shortly with um, uh, Jimmy Uso coming back to side with those guys um and having jimmy jay um all of the them together and that's how he gets it back or maybe that's how he keeps it kenny while you're here why don't you tell us about the chairshot.com this is your boy kenny killer telling you to make sure you check out the chairshot.com bringing you breaking news interviews podcasts galore everything progressing make sure you check it out the chairshot.com the chairshot.com always use your Head. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Good luck or not, because Tunny, for once, is not going to grab another uh, can or bottle of alcohol for Phenomenal Funky Facts. True story. That's a shoot. That's a... Unlike that paint on that Bugatti. <laughs> that was working. That was working. In the words of Christopher Platt, that was working paint. <laughs> and if you want to know what the heck he's talking about, go check out Pod is War on thechairshot.com. Hey, for once, Andrew showed up. Yeah, I can be a little mean to my brother if I want, but he did show back up, so you got the original three for PIW talking about shoot paint. Uh, I swear every time that I'm on there, everything just goes weird. No, 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 that was a while ago. That was a while ago. 
We're, we're, we're not shooting the baby and, and putting up a fake table. It's, we're paint now. Okay. <laughs> anyway, as always, phenomenal funky facts to close out DWI. It's been a while since that's actually happened. So, Kenny, you haven't been on here in a while. I believe last time you actually won all of trivia. Probably. Jackass. Yeah. I mean, probably. hey, Kenny, yeah, welcome back. <laughs> so, I will let you pick door number one, door number two, or door number three. Door number three. Alrighty. So, this one has two parts to it. And so, up to two points, of course. Who has the most losses in WrestleMania history, and how many? Oh, boy. Oh. And the funny thing is, his first match at WrestleMania was also a loss. Uh, uh, Triple H. Uh, and... Oh, you, you gotta write him down. You gotta write him down. Write him down. Oh. <laughs> Please steal my... Win no! <laughs> So I feel like everyone now has a point. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's what I was going to oh, put anyway. Damn it. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I changed, I changed I'm, my I'm answer. It's all right. I was about to say, it, what, why'd you say you were going to change it? You already wrote down Triple H. He had something behind <laughs> it. It was like Kane. Everyone says. Actually, it does say Kane. It says Triple H. Yes, Triple H. And I put I'm going to also give the points to Kenny and Tunney for being closest. <sighs> they said that he, that he has seven losses in all of his WrestleMania matches. Uh, sadly, it is not seven. You are closest without going over, though, because Dan said six. It's 13. Jesus. Oh, wow. He's lost 13 WrestleMania matches, and I think he's won All eight or nine. Yeah, 11 of them were against The Undertaker. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously. All right. So, I shouldn't give you the point. I shouldn't give you a point, Tony, because you actually did write down Kane. But I changed it to Triple H. Yeah, because I said it. <laughs> oh, because he said that everybody no, Because I him. said it. I'm like, yeah. uh, that's fine. Give Kenny two, I'll take one. DP has one. All right, so Kenny's ahead with two. So Tony, I'll be nice because you're blunder. Door number one or door number two? Name's Turd Ferguson and uh, Blink Fartendale. I'll take door number one. <sighs> All right, Turd Ferguson. <laughs> the question is, what takeover? Did Walter start his legendary run with the UK title? You can either give me the place or the numerical. Because it didn't have a cute name to it. It was just take over this place. Or if you want to give me what number to take over it is, I'll accept that too. But it's not closest without going over for that one. So, Tony, Tony, really with the, the pen drop there? I think I got it. Probably not. Let's try to come up with the name, but I don't got it. All right. Let's see them answers. Oh, that was it. Tony says, take over Blackpool. Dan says the 24th takeover. And Kenny, what you got there? I got takeover in uh, New York slash Brooklyn. Well, uh, Kenny and Dan get the points. It was the twenty fourth takeover at Takeover New York. Because I was there. <laughs> get out! Nice. <laughs> this is total BS. <laughs> it was WrestleMania two years ago today, I think. Uh, something like that. Yeah, I believe so. All right, so the right. final. So I'm left with a. Question. I'm left with a deuce. Great. You got a deuce. <laughs> Kenny's got a tray. Tony got a one. So here we go. This one's gonna be a fun little thing because I've seen this actually bounce around social media a lot, and it it 
is surprising. This is the first Mania so far with this recording. We don't know if anything's going to, you know, card subject to change, but due to the with the recording, this is the first Mania that Undertaker, HBK, and or Triple H haven't been a part of. When was the last time we didn't see any of these men at a Mania? At least one of them. I just fucking watched all 36 in the last <laughs> fucking five and a half weeks. <laughs> Literally. Uh, oh. Last Mania, we didn't see Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, or Triple H on the card. Oh. Um. Oh. Uh. Okay. I was about to say, let's. <laughs> Ooh. Uh. Kenny's struggling here. No, I call- Not all of them, just one of them. What, what number did you put down? Can't really see it. 16. 16. Yeah, WrestleMania 2000. Yep. No, Triple H was there. Well, Triple H was in the main event for that one, guys. Taker wasn't. He said one no, of them. He said when was the last time were, none of them least, were on the card? When well, none I thought we said at least, card, at least one. I, I thought we said at least, at least one was in yeah. on the card. It was, it was the last, it was the the last, last time, time I didn't see any of them on the. Do you guys have different answers if if that's the case? Since well, yeah, I I'd go back to I'd go back to WrestleMania six or something like that. I think. Yeah, like, I thought literally four. Well, well Dan, is that is that your answer six? I'll take. I'm trying I think to think the Rockers were at six. I'm trying to Good. think of the. Well, well, y'all yeah, know my answer. Yeah. Am I right or not? What did you put? What did you put? PC. Four. 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 I'll take six then. I guess I, I don't know. I, I I don't know about Shawn Michaels, but yeah, six six. That's the warrior. That's the Silver Dome. Um, yeah, that's six. a shot actually. Six is the Sky yeah. Dome. Sky Dome. Sorry, Sky Dome. Yeah, Kenny, Dan, you both have six. <laughs> yeah, Taker was at seven. Six. Yeah, six is yeah, eighty-eight. Yeah, six. Tony, you're right. It's four. Yeah, I had to get that right. I just watched all of them. Sean Michaels Wait, is at five. The, the Rockers the debuted Rockers. at five. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Sean they debuted at five. five six. Also wrestled in six. Seven, Taker and then seven. Triple H comes in and you don't miss a beat. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, we don't miss anything because he gets squashed in ninety seconds to Warrior. But Kenny, it doesn't matter. You still got the most points with three. Yes. <laughs> We gotta play some kind of applause for this guy. Yeah. I know, right? Here we go. <laughs> All right, guys. Before we wrap it up here, I just want to hear one thing from Mr. Plath. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Kenny, man, it's always great to have you on. We appreciate you coming on and talking wrestling, winning trivia. I guess that's okay. I'll, I'll accept that if that's what it takes to get you on here, you know, whatever works. <laughs> Come on here and show off your big brain. But let's just go around the horn. Um, start with AJ. Real quick, like 30 seconds each. What, what are you looking forward to most this WrestleMania weekend, AJ? Uh, what am I looking forward to the most? Uh, my hand not to cramp. <laughs> The reason why I say that is because for me, you'll see my name for the next handful of days. You already saw it twice already. You're going to see it two more times with WrestleMania Night 1 and Night 2 on thechairshot.com, reviewing and giving my opinions on it. I think, what I'm, I think what I'm looking forward to the most, I already got with the NXT Stand and Deliver two nights. Uh, but I'm definitely looking forward to WrestleMania as well, and I, I think... I mean, I'm more interested to see what happens with the titles and how they change and where we're going to end up looking at moving forward um, and, and which way they go, because that will definitely change 
some things as we go through the summer. So they got a lot of good things cooking, I think. So I'm, I'm looking forward to title matches here and, and where we end up going after that. Uh, yeah, same as DP, I think. I'm just looking at what the lay of the land looks like at, at coming out of WrestleMania. Um, there's so much talent. This year has been shocking in terms of some of the storylines, and I just hope that th- this year coming is just a lot better. But on WrestleMania, I'm, I'm looking forward to Sasha and Bianca just stealing the show. Um, really, really looking forward to that. And Jericho on the podcast. There you go. Don't forget about that. Kenny, let everybody know where they can find you once again, my friend. Um, they can find me on Twitter, that's at Kenny Killer. Um, and also you can find um, Dadcast with the Mandem, that's at Dadcast WTMD on all the socials if you want to discuss anything about fatherhood um, and sharing your experiences as a father. Always our pleasure, sir. You know I'll be talking to you soon. If you're watching Mania Live, feel free to tweet at me, brother. You can find me at PC Tunny. You can find AJ at Phenomenal AJB, DPP, at It's Me DPP. Make sure you're checking out AJ's coverage this weekend. Make sure you're checking out A Winner Is You consistently, and you're heading on over to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash The Chair Shot. But for now, you've been listening to another edition of the podcast known as D. D. W. W. Uh, and the fans. Maybe next year we'll, maybe next yeah, year we'll have The fans are back. Yeah, all the fans. Yeah, the fans. Next year we get a fortnight of WrestleMania. Fuck one week. Two fucking (laughs) weeks of WrestleMania, bitches. Yeah. Chairshot.com. Always use your head.